0: you are now tuned in to drink this podcast matt and paul g chatting top quality you know they always got a free talk policy guests speak honestly no apology full spectrum from politics to comedy Please listen
1: responsibly. A few brew in, chance of animosity. A couple more brew, and the crew getting wobbly. No matter, this the park place of podcast monopoly.
2: Drink
0: this podcast.
2: I'm probably going out just the tiniest bit more than I should be because this is not actually very different from what I'd be doing anyways. My contract was up. Uh, I'm on unemployment uh, as of tomorrow. I make my first report. Um, the really big difference is that I just moved to a neighborhood where I'm not an hour away from, you know, any pubs or restaurants or cafes or what have you. Uh, and my intention had been to be going out and reading a lot at the pub and, you know, going for walks and stuff. Uh, my big problem is just that I, the way that I've lived my life for the last 10 years or so is that I go out and buy groceries like every other day, and that's kind of the way that I get out of the house um, in part. So I'm having a little bit of a hard time adjusting to stocking up on mass. Uh, and not just going out on a whim. Um, I did go out this morning mostly to pick up brewing supplies because I put on a batch of fruit wine, uh, and I filled up my bags because so I, I couldn't buy the supplies for the half carboy that I also got empty, and I'm I'm toying with going out again first thing tomorrow because I went at uh, just a little after 9 this morning, and it was almost empty. So I feel like if I, if I go out first thing in the morning, it's probably going to be minimal risk, and I can just go and grab the ingredients for the second batch of brew stuff and then... Hopefully stay in for a couple of days until i got to go and stock up on handles of booze again.
0: All right, we ready right. to go? Yes. All right, well, welcome to Drink This Podcast Daily Check-In. Uh, my name is Matt. Sitting with me today is Paul. Say hello, Paul. Paul Jesus, Rob Ford got in trouble for that shit, man. Yes, hello. And uh, also joining us for our daily check-in today is a friend of the show, uh, Cameron, of the uh, Black Liver Project. Say hello, Cameron. Hello, everyone. Um. So it's been a while since we last spoke, and uh, we're uh, kind of <laughs> taking this opportunity. I'm actually on my first official day of layoff today, so that's that's been fun. I had a nap. Mm. It was great. I just had a nap, too. Um. <laughs> But uh, Cam, you're out of Chicago. What's uh, what's the scene like there? You were telling us before we hit record that you are still working.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm essential personnel. I work at a at a store that sells toilet paper and groceries and oh. and such and so. Uh, so I am on the floor on a regular basis. So you're uh, a, helping quote, people unquote, find with
0: essential worker.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so, <clears throat> so, yeah, I've still got a job, and I'm still out there, and uh, I talk to hundreds of people every day. Um, they, The store has limited uh, uh, the amount of people that come in at a time, so it's not like when they were doing the panic buying right. a few oh, weeks yeah. ago when there were, like, lines <clears throat> out back at the store, and really there was no... Nobody knew what to do. Nobody knew what to do at all. And so they just did what they knew how to do. You know, just line people up, you know, organize a a large crowd. I mean, it was bigger than anything I've ever seen from holidays. Wow. So, oh yeah, by far. So uh, it was, there were no rules. We did not, we, we just kind of figured it out. And, you know, the managers did a great job adapting. And now... Every day I come in, there's a new message from corporate about some new change to how the floor is going to be run.
0: Right, or, rules are changing on the fly.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's and it's everything that they're doing is good because yeah. it's all about protecting people and it's about protecting us. Um, <clears throat> you know, like older employees have been given uh, time off, That's
0: paid good. time off
1: so it's like like it it, in terms of you know the work environment it's really good today today when i walked in the new thing was i had my temperature taken
0: yeah we're we're hearing from people who are saying that now it's like if you want to enter a building you get you get temped, and if you're above a hundred or whatever it is you don't get in the building
2: we uh... our our check-in guest yesterday was uh... uh... bz who i think you probably interacted with on occasion on twitter uh, out of yeah. sacramento and she was saying the same deal uh she had to go into work to do a check-in and they were doing temperature checks at the door which is new to me
0: mm-hmm. yeah no I haven't seen that here yet but they're are i'm assuming they're putting like stickers on the floor like stand here if you're in line and, and and I know up here they're also converting aisles to like one-way traffic essentially yeah is that what they're doing for you guys as well
1: no one-way traffic but uh there are the stickers all over
0: the floor yeah about where to no. like what's an appropriate distance By all of
1: them by all of the counters and in front of where, where people would stand in lines. Uh, they they now have, uh, uh, the, the middle urinal blocked off in the bathroom. Nice.
0: Uh.
1: (laughs) And you know, who, who takes that one first? Right. Jokes on them. We
0: were already doing that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, action. If you, you know, if if, if you take the middle one, you know, and no one else is in there. It's just like,
0: you're a weirdo. (laughs)
1: In, in sure. fairness, the guy who's going to
2: use the middle urinal, whether he's alone or whether there's other people in there, is probably the guy who's not appropriately washing his hands and not taking proper precautions at social distancing. Yeah. So, <laughs> that fucking weirdo. Um,
0: well, I'm glad to hear that you're like... I, I know like my new thing is now like, oh, I'm glad to hear you still have a job, but also it's got to be scary to be going out in the world <laughs> on, the, on the local level. Is there a sh- quote-unquote shelter-in-place order for... Non-essential staff. Because um, you're in the city of oh, Chicago yeah. proper, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I am. I am in Chicago. I work up in the in the in the suburbs, but uh, in the north. But yeah, it, the whole state got shut down. Um, our governor Pritzker. Yeah. Uh, he did it. I know people have kind of said he had he 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 delayed a little bit. Um, I I feel like there was so so it was. Uh, the weekend of uh, St. Patrick's Day.
0: Okay, well, I mean, if there was a time Mar- to do it.
1: Yeah. It, was, it was starting to happen that, you know, people were, were testing positive, and Pritzker was like, okay, maybe you guys should, like, not party. And then, you know, like, pictures came back the next day of all these people hanging out in bars. Oh, he's yeah. Like, he's like, that's it. Shut it down. All, all the restaurants and bars closed, and he, you know, just... Put his foot down, emptied all the schools like the next day, um, and just just ramped it up until, you know, basically we're where a lot of you know places are. Yeah. And um, <laughs> but I feel like when I look at the numbers, I and and you know maybe I'm stupid, maybe I but I'm looking at like other states, um, like Louisiana just shot right past us. Yeah. And and I think Georgia's going to do the same thing, and a lot of you know a lot of states who have been a little slow, Florida,
0: are, are,
1: it's it's hitting them hard. Yeah, and I and, feel like
2: and- um we uh we, we went on to lockdown about the same time. Um, it took a little while before our premier actually made the announcement. I think it was a week or two after that, but uh like I, I started noticing the the place that I was working at the tail end of my contract. Uh, shut down around that weekend as well. Yeah. I think the, the last uh, Thursday of that before the, the uh, St. Patty's weekend and uh, everyone kind of started going into voluntary work from home, um, self-isolation stuff well, with, that's... Uh, around that time. And to be frank, like as, as a, from everything I'm reading, Alberta is actually doing better than most of Canada in terms of.
0: Well, it's because we're, we're testing, like we're testing so much up here, but what, what strikes me as odd is I feel like up here, I so, because I'm like, service industry adjacent I, I maybe noticed this a bit more but a lot of the place a lot of bars and restaurants like voluntarily closed almost immediately they're like all right right, yeah. we're shutting down we're pivoting to delivery to pick up uh shutting uh, down our dine-in operations and it's to the point where if you're open, if you were open after a certain point like there are reps who probably won't deal with you when this is all over
2: yeah what's been striking to me is that um I mean on some level that's been remarkably responsible of our industry but also I read a thing this morning Yesterday morning, uh, that was saying that we might be looking at a total of something like 25% unemployment mm-hmm. province wide. Well, that so, also like, doesn't we're...
0: help that the province is just laying off tens of thousands of people. Like, yeah, that's probably going to contribute uh, to the unemployment.
2: But even still, it's remarkable to me that the hospitality industry jumped on that here in the way that they did. Yeah. Um, and to some extent, that's been positive. Uh, I know when you had uh, Calder on last week, he was saying that North Chicken had their best day ever, period. Yeah. Just doing takeout.
0: Yeah so that uh, like the, the people yeah. have come out for yeah and even the retail stuff like some of it's been christmas level business
2: yeah well uh, and like even on my perspective i'm not exactly like rolling in cash i'm doing a little better right now just because i had a few things come in all at the same time right when this kicked off but a lot of the local breweries are offering contactless delivery and i've spent way more on local beer than i have in ages, years yeah. in the last couple of weeks and like that's gonna have to ease off just as as funds start to run a little lower and that's part of why i'm putting on some brew projects today and this week but you know, for while I can, and particularly while I was moving, that was kind of one of those like, I got a bit of extra cash, and I'm I'm related to or friends with a fair number of people that might lose their jobs out of this, Matt included. So yeah. like, I spent probably $200 with Andy in this month, yeah. um, which is more than I've spent in a while, and Ditto with uh, one of my cousin, uh, friend of the show, Aaron Norris, works for Ripstone Creek, and I, I put in a, a couple orders with them, and you know I spent a bunch of money with Blind Man. I did that mm-hmm. uh, Bandit Peak order yesterday, so. Same kind of thing. It's it's interesting. I'm, I was also reading a headline today in the Global Mail that said that uh, overall charitable giving has gone up since this all kicked off, even though people are looking at less money. money yeah, yeah. Well,
1: I mean, like the, one of the first things that uh, Ward Eight, the bar that that uh, we go to to, yeah. to do our second part of our, our podcast, your liquid playground. Yeah, our liquid playground. That's right. <laughs> we we uh, we uh, the first thing they did was set up a GoFundMe for their staff.
0: Nice. Nice. And I mean and
1: they. They made a lot right away because you know they have people who love what they do, and and it's a small business, it's a family-owned business, and it's going to be hard for them. And then um, and then the owner started bottling cocktails. He bottled oh, his yeah. tea and drinks. He bottled his a lot of his craft cocktails, and he started selling them. And I couldn't get them. They would they would wow. sell out before I could get. He had like a, a, a barrel-aged Negroni. I really oh, wanted to, yeah. to get it on. Mm-hmm. Is that common?
0: Jeff- is that happening a lot? Like, are uh, um, was that allowed before, or is that something new that's been happening since they've gone into lockdown?
1: It's new. Yeah, okay. it's new because I've noticed
0: that up here as well. That there's a lot more. Like... Never
1: done it before, but but now he's run into this problem where his uh, credit card company has has uh, has uh, uh, shut down his account. Oh, geez. And and uh, 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 barricaded the funds. You know, so like, Jesus. oh Jesus! So, so he's screwed there, and Amazon told him he can't order any more bottles because it's non-essential uh, oh, merchandise. So it's just like, so like he's trying his, you know, his darndest, and he was doing great. He he, he adapted immediately. He, took yeah. it he was taking care of business, and like the bureaucracy and bullshit just shut him down. And now I'm really worried that when a really great place, really great people. You know they're not gonna be able to to get up because you know this is this is I, I fear it's gonna take him down yeah and um, not because
0: he wasn't adapting or wasn't like it's not for lack of being <laughs> able to do business in the sense of like they they have a plan
1: exactly he was he was on it immediately he had great ideas and he did mm. what seemed to make a lot of sense but you know just because you know he was doing business that didn't uh, didn't that what didn't match what he'd done before yeah i think is that red flagged him oh,
0: and uh, now and because uh, like up here it's been a lot of off sales like and we uh dandy pivoted to a home delivery model a lot of bars have been doing what you're describing like packaging craft cocktails and selling them as off sales and i've been really impressed uh especially because up here the alberta gaming liquor and now alberta gaming liquor and cannabis has traditionally like over most of my lifetime been pretty slow to act and pretty yeah. um not draconian but mm-hmm. pretty um like behind the times
2: well byzantine it's making byzantine. changes there we to go. that is byzantine yeah um, but i would say it, it's not just uh the direct like um off sales end of things the uh homebrew store that i use has sort has been allowed to start offering delivery and stuff as well
0: oh nice For
2: all of their supplies, I'm actually probably going to put in an order for a wine kit and another carboy at some point in the next couple days because they can just drop that off at my apartment now.
0: Well, my boss and I were talking about it. Like, this is definitely when this is all over, it's going to change a lot of things. But like, there's no putting that delivery model back in the like, there's no putting that genie back in the bottle. Now that you're doing, now that you're letting them do it, it you got to let them. You might have more more rules around it when we can all stand less than six feet apart, but. Uh, that's <laughs> yeah. never going away. So like there, there are some things that are going to come out of this like oh Maybe this will force us to make some changes that we should have made a long time ago
2: Well, and Canada is particularly draconian with our, our alcohol regulation to begin with so like I think that um, Allowing like liquor stores now to be doing Sherbrooke back in Edmonton, which has the, the largest number of uh, SKUs for beer in Canada uh, They're doing delivery on their entire catalog yeah. home delivery and um, and I, I think that that's probably going to become a lot more common, and that makes perfect sense. I mean, everything else has been available for delivery for years now. Yeah. Why would liquor stores not be included in that? Just have to present ID. Like, <clears throat>
0: yeah. Um, so I'm,
2: I'm, I hope that some of these changes will be positive once we get out the other end of this. But
1: I'm just afraid that everything down here in the states is just going to be Applebee's and Outback Steakhouse.
0: Yeah. Is, so, is, are the locals not uh, like? I, I know you said your kind of your watering hole is is having issues, but is that is that common with other places as well? Is it like the you know, chains are allowed to operate a little more loosely than the the local guys are?
1: Um, you know, I, I don't honestly know. I just assume that they have enough of a enough of a support network that they're going to be able to survive it.
0: Just the infrastructure and these place,
1: like, yeah. local places where where it's just a family owned or, you know, and, and th- they care about their staff and they want to, you know, keep paying them what they can. And, you know, it, and it's just, everything's just going to collapse and they're not going to be able to keep up.
0: Oh, no. Um, uh, there's, so there's I some... Guess
1: to some amount
2: that's happening up here as well, uh, a little bit less so, I think, just because we've been a little less strict and, and there's a little bit more support going out from our federal government. But uh, I know that there's definitely been talk <laughs> that, I, that I've heard about, you know, whether or not, a lot of little local places are going to survive this because the, the big company, the, a little bit more, a um, little less in the context of hospitality, but I, in terms of uh, rent freezes, one of the things that has been a real debate recently has been with uh, the, the big companies. And, you know, some of these people are have been saying, like, we want to offer breaks, but how do we go about it and how can we go about it? Because places like the big grocery store chains are the, the like, lodestone uh chains for shopping centers and stuff and they definitely, they have the money to survive this and weather it in a way that small businesses don't, but also they have the heft historically that they can say, you know, give us breaks or we're not going to open up in your, your, um, your space. And so there's been a real debate about like, well, you know, if we're going to offer stuff, because a lot of like most landlords that I've been reading about, particularly commercial landlords are like, well, we don't want to lose all our small tenants, right? Yeah, We don't want to end up with half empty malls. So like we look, we're happy to try and do what we can to cut rents, or suspend rents for the small guys for the duration. But how do we go about doing that without pissing off the big companies? Cause they want breaks too. And, you know, while they're able, better able to weather this, they're also the ones that could theoretically be pulling out at the end of this and like crashing the sustainability of some of the malls yeah. that would then put everybody out of business. So.
0: Yeah. It's, it's comp, it's a complex, it, it's revealing just how complex a lot of the systems that we operate. Well, I think it's really also, are. I mean,
1: I'm... well I think I, I have a feeling that that in the u s uh there is a there is a a, a tendency or, or an appetite for just the chains <clears throat> i mean if you go out west, I grew up in Phoenix and it was all just chain restaurants yeah. there was there was very few family restaurants and 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 local bars that that you know were you know run by you know not not by like a big conglomerate or something so <laughs> um you know so there is definitely that sense where people are willing to just have just endless strip malls
0: uh, and they're fine know, in their with like, and they're fine with that yeah yeah,
1: yeah. And, and and Chicago that was one of the things that really attracted me about Chicago was you know the the neighborhoods yeah the, the street fairs um, all of the 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 interesting food and 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 smaller mm-hmm. places you know, little holes in the wall that you could you could get something different, and new that you've never had before, and and yeah, I I'm afraid that that's gonna just go away because, you know, there, there's still you know a, a survival of the fittest kind of thing going on. I think. But,
2: I really know. wonder what's gonna happen on the other end of that though, because um I've I mean I'm I'm in the process. God alone knows whether what'll happen with this now, but I'm in the process of applying for another master's degree because I've not had much luck in my field. Um, in part because. The last time the economy collapsed, uh, led a lot of people that would have been retired by now into sticking around in their jobs. Out of, for whatever reasons, um, there's not a lot of openings in my field. Uh, but I've been wondering over the last week or so, what's going to happen on the other end of this? Because so many people are going to end up out of work, or you yeah. know, temporarily suspended or retiring. I'm imagining there's going to have to be some kind of a boom on almost all fronts at the other end of this. And it, while it's going to be a tragedy, how many small interesting restaurants and bars and all that kind of thing are closing i can't help but think that i mean maybe not in some of the places you're talking about cam but there's got to be there's going to have to be some reverse boom of that of places that are opening up because there are people like you and like us that want to go to those kind of places and don't want to just go drink at
0: fucking milestones well and i think in theory like Hmm. that that's that's the way the system's supposed to work right like if a if a bunch of people do shut down there's supposed to be somebody coming in to replace them right like that's kind of the way the service industry operates anyway uh, yeah. because of the infrastructure it takes to run a place like that once a business is set up for that it's hard to pivot away like it's hard to change that without incurring a lot of cost right
2: mm-hmm.
0: so i i'm hoping so like i'm hoping that enough of them survive and enough of them are enough people are in positions to to be able to do that like you say on the other side um, that we do get kind of that reverse, like a wa- a wave out and a way an ebb and a flow, right? Well, yeah. I
1: think there'll be a lag because you know we'll be in a recession, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Other people will need to have their ideas. They'll need to to generate momentum to to get back into the their their dream, you know, cocktail bar or brewery yeah. or, or what what have you. So I don't know. I I, I mean. The other thing that I think is interesting, even though it might be kind of morbid, is the the idea that, you know, uh, there may be a little more upward mobility for people pretty soon.
0: In that there's going to be a generation that's more uh, – that is affected by this more and there might be a bit of a wealth transfer down.
2: Yeah. I think that's inevitable, uh, to be honest. And I I mean – I. I won't go into too many details because it's a little personal, but um, my my grandmother is in uh, a long-term care facility and has been on a bit of a slow decline for a while. I mean, she's in her 90s now, so it's not like a complete surprise. But uh, the the fear and the complete shutdown um, seems to be having a a toll in and of itself because I'm I'm getting pretty regular updates from uh, one of my aunts, who's her her like one person that's allowed into the building, um, and she's just even from that. Uh, from the last time that I saw her in person a year or so ago, a little bit before I moved, um, sounds pretty noticeable. The isolation and the fear, I think, is really starting to fuck with her head. And mm-hmm. so I, I I, don't think it's even necessarily just going to be directly the result of the virus. I think that, uh, I mean, this isolation is hard on on us. And, you know, we're all relatively, like, we're yeah. kind of prime of life, relatively well set up. You well, know, conne- like,
0: well connected and by that. I mean, like, we're we're able to adapt to not being around other people directly.
2: Yeah, yeah, and, you know, we have the, the technological know-how that we can do something like this and sit down and uh, chat with people and be a little less isolated. And so, you know, I, I'm, I'm really sympathetic to my grandmother because I can't imagine at 92 being locked inside. And, you know, we're, my aunt is trying to organize a Zoom call for uh, all of the kids and me because my mom predeceased me. Uh, so, I, you know, I'm, I'm her spot in the the siblings thing. Irish Catholic family, so there's nine of them. So, you know, it's a bit of a, a thing. But, uh and no and condoms. my grandmother well my grandmother does. side note um there is a, a scare, heavy scare quotes joke that my grandmother didn't know where babies came from until she was on her fourth one and <laughs> not entirely a joke um so. i've heard
0: a similar joke come out of like earlier generations of my family as well like yeah um yeah it's gross and creepy but we're all here now so, so- um.
2: Well, And, and, and so it's, it's one of those things where, you know, um, sometimes when Colleen has been talking to her on the phone and mentioned something about this, Granny tries to go and punch something into the phone, which has nothing to do with that. So, like, she's confused to begin with and also yeah. not tech savvy. And I, I can only imagine how isolating that would be. And so, you know, I mean, there's, there's tens of thousands of, of fairly elderly people that are, are going to be completely cut off. Uh, and even if they're not impacted at all by the, the coronavirus, the social isolation of a couple of months being trapped off from the world with constant negative news of a generation that's more used to and like being able to actively interface with the news on a regular basis and can't necessarily
0: yeah. tap
2: out of that in the way that I say could. I mean, I think that's going to kill people just in and of itself. I don't know how it couldn't.
0: Totally. Um, so, Kent, what does this all mean for your uh, – we talked about your work and kind of what's going on on the ground there. Um, what does this mean for your podcast and your your entire the entire Black Liver project, as it were? Are you guys still operating? Are you on hiatus? Are you you know?
1: I you know I kind of, I saw the the direction things were going, so even before um, even before uh, the the bar shut down, I was like, uh, I shouldn't be going out and and uh, recording. <laughs> um, and then at one point. Uh, uh, I had a I had a session set with uh with Jay and and yeah. Mickey, to do our fr- the front part the history portion. <clears throat> um, we were gonna do the Pink Lady, I think. Oh, fun! And uh, yep. and uh, I and then Jay called it off because someone in his wife's office, uh, was positive for. For the the virus, oh, wow. uh, and so like they just shut their family down, and you yeah. know, and so at that point I was like, oh, okay, so this is kind of uh, a hold because I'm not going to go to the bar, I'm not going to record uh, the the little the little cocktail spots I do because, you know, I, you know, it's just a a bad idea, and then uh, and then just even gathering to do the small parts we're not going to do. So I kind of shifted gears and focus, and started focusing on producing uh, episodes that I have, in, you know, already ready to go. I just have to edit and, and put them together and, and
0: post them. Nice. So, so I'm doing that. Content's still coming.
1: Yeah, there's still content coming. I am just I'm just slow because a lot of it, you know, if I if I do it a whole if I do it really fast, then you know, getting all of my team together and everything for two different sections you know, it, it's hurting cats. Yeah. So, oh, for uh, sure. like, I'm, I'm really happy it. that we're just I'm...
0: two chuckleheads that can do this anywhere. Oh, yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. I'm kind of, I'm kind <laughs> of looking at your model and being like, Oh yeah, they're doing it much better. <laughs>
0: because... <laughs> well, I, don't, I don't know about better. Cause I really do empathize with your like, man, I just, if I go too fast, I'll be, I'll, we'll be out of stuff to do. And like, I can't fucking listen to my own voice for that long.
1: <laughs> so, um, the other day, though, actually, we're, we're looking at doing uh, the Stone Fence. Oh, which nice. Is, which is a, yeah. a colonial drink. Um, and Jay's already done the research. And we've kind of set it back because we wanted to bring in uh, someone who's a cocktail cocktail historian. Uh, her name is Kristen Burton. Mm. And she's down in uh, New Orleans. Oh. And we've, we've uh, Skyped in with her in the past. And for like the Sazerac and for the uh, uh, Ramos Gin Fizz, mm-hmm. um, so we had like Skype in. And Jay just contacted me recently. He's like, since we're all, you know, remote anyway, you know, maybe we can just do a remote episode and, and do the Stone Fence, you know. Yeah. yeah that'll be easy. <clears throat> we're all locked in, so so we may do a, We may do a Zoom on that. Nice. And and you know, if this goes on too long. I, maybe I'll be meeting with uh, Mick and some of my team over Zoom rather than rather than <clears> around <throat> his dining room table. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. The one
1: thing that I can't give up though is having a professional make the drink. Yeah, mm, yeah. Because I can't whip it up. Nobody in, on my team can make a, a drink the right way. Not like uh, like Anders at, at Ward 8 or. You know, so we, we really depend on the on the, the professionals to yeah. make sure that what we're getting, even if it's a terrible drink, we're going to get the, the terrible the drink. The accurate version yeah. of it. Yeah. 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 It's not just that I fucked up. So that's the. That's oh, that's the interesting.
0: Point. I didn't and I hadn't really considered that, that like, yeah, that, that for, on some level, what you guys are talking <clears throat> about involves a level of hands on artistry at the delivery point. Right. Like, it's not just you can't just combine them all. Oh yeah, say, Here and, you
1: go. and absolutely, and and we've had amazing things that come have come out of it. Like there was one cocktail called the Leatherneck, and we did this whole episode about the Marine Corps and the history of the Marine Corps. And like Jay talked about the origin of the Leatherneck and how it was tied to some <clears throat> Marine in the, the Pacific. He came back and he was like the spokesperson for uh, Blue Curacao, hmm. and then they made this drink, the Leatherneck. Okay, so that was all really interesting uh, content, but then we went and sat down at the bar. Anders brought it to us. He made it. It it looked strange. looked like an alien drink, and then we drank it, and it tasted very disturbing. (laughs) (laughs) We're like, what the hell? How is this a, a, a good drink? How is this like a classic? What's going on here? And it took us about 10 minutes before we realized that... The combination of ingredients tasted like salty leather.
0: Huh. huh. So it's a leather neck.
1: Mm. It, it was. It was literally a, like salty leather, <clears throat> and, and then it turned around. It was. It was no longer a sucky drink. It was very appropriately named.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's. Uh, I, I Maybe wonder... not a
1: first choice, but kind of magical.
0: You know, I, and I wonder if there's like, um, and I, I, a historian would know better than me, but if there's something that came out of the like post World War One, uh, especially with a bunch of guys coming back from overseas, combined with the like the isolation involved in the Spanish flu mm-hmm. epidemic, uh, if there's uh, if there's something in there <clears throat> that, that that we have now that we that we maybe didn't have bec- before that or wouldn't have without it, right?
2: Well, some of um, what the origins of the Tiki movement came out of that, because there was a whole lot of American soldiers that had served in the, the uh, Pacific, hmm. or had it been shuffled through there. That I, I forget the exact details of it, but there was something to that, where people, for the first time in generations, really, Americans had gone out and seen parts of the world other than just North America, and, and so some of what was the genesis of that was people remembering other things, and I'm World War One is not my era, so I'm, I'm but probably butchering parts of that, but I, I do know that
1: huh. that was some element of that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you think about it. It's it's tiki is is really a kind of escapism. You know, they, yeah. if you look at the history of it and look at what people do, I mean, they're they they're dressing up, they're they're taking on certain personas, and it's uh it's it's interesting and cool. It's more than just a drink. It's it's a it's a culture. Yeah, totally. And that escapism, I mean, you get you see the same escapism from World War One, um, with the with the <clears> like uh, Ernest Hemingway and. And, uh, and uh, John Dos Passos and 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 those guys, uh, the Lost Generation, um, mm-hmm. all of the Absurdism that came out of that, all of those people who are like, uh, there are no rules. What we just mm-hmm. saw demonstrate that, that everything, you know, all of the, this, these stories we heard from our grandparents is bullshit, and, uh, you know. There is no honor in war. There is no justice. There is no, you know. Yeah. In the same way
0: that millennials and Gen Zers are all into like absurdist, Dadaist style humor because they've lived through so many traumatic events that, that they've, they've developed this really macabre, (laughs) like absurd sense of humor because it, it distracts them from how shitty everything is. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty well. Yeah. Um, one the the question we like to uh, to wrap I've been wrapping these up on uh, well actually two two things um, I don't know how old you are Cam so I, I I can't know if this is relevant to you but have you had to yell at your parents yet?
1: <clears throat> um yes actually I have oh, um boy. it's it's both it's been um both uh, my father in law yeah who lives in the city and we've been buying groceries for him but he's he's very resistant and mm-hmm. you know. And, and and I can see it because you know he's older, and he doesn't want to just be set aside. And we're we're the kids and stuff. But yeah. like he wants he wants to maintain his independence, but he is not necessarily that well. And he <laughs> is, he is uh, he's in a wheel wheelchair and everything. So oh, no. uh, so like he he needs to be safe, and he's you know kind of fighting it. And yeah. I think. It, I think it's on an emotional level where he doesn't want to be just that the old person who, who can't, who can't be responsible or take care of himself. But yeah, totally. I don't <laughs> my,
0: my in-laws are the same way. Like we've offered to, they live like half an hour out of town, but we've offered, like we go to a grocery store. That's not far from them. Like it's easy for us to come in. Can we like, what can we get for you? What can we drop off for you? And so much of it is like, well, we don't want to be a burden. And I'm like, no, no, <laughs> we want to help. You we now. don't want you to die. Yeah, exactly. We'll laugh. <laughs> I would I would rather you not you not contract a virus because of pride. That would be awesome for yeah. me So they yeah, uh, yes. they've been they've been much better about it now and like have have been open to us helping them so I'm I'm glad that. But uh it, I'm sorry to hear that you have to that uh oh, that's something that's... My
1: parents My parents are in Phoenix area.
0: Ooh.
1: And, and so they are they you know they've become uh uh fox zombies. Oh, um, no and, and so their world is very different from mine. Oh. And then, you know, if we ever talk about things, where I'm just kind of like, like, where did you hear that? And they're like, where did you hear that? So, mm-hmm. like, we don't, we don't even have the same reality anymore. But uh, initially, they were very uh, – they, they, were, they were kind of, you know, not necessarily taking it that serious. You know, and I was kind of like, as it was hitting Chicago – I was like, no, you need to stay inside because both of them have fun issues.
0: Oh, yeah, Um, definitely stay inside then.
1: Yeah, and...
2: uh... Sorry, we're trying to get better (laughs) doing social media promo. Even if you're blurred (laughs) out, we're going to take some pictures.
1: Well, that's good. That's good. Um, (laughs) But, but, yeah, they... uh, Now, more recently, they've started to... They've started Mm -hmm. to realize that it is more significant and i've heard a little bit more concern in their voices
0: that's, they've stopped that's good. seeing their friends that's good
1: um, and and i hope and my sister still lives in in phoenix so i hope that she's kind of watching them but she's also a medical person so ah. she needs to watch how much she's with them yeah, but, yeah no you know, kidding but I, also I able, that, more
0: able to to guide them through this
1: yeah absolutely and I, I feel like some of this and it, you know this is such bullshit that I the fact that this has become politicized uh, is, yeah. is I, it's like this is fucking dangerous I'm sorry this is this is so bad um, yeah I just recently did you guys see the map from the cell phone providers the cell phone services um, Maybe. Uh, where they they looked at uh, people moving in oh. their counties and so you could see the red counties where the the darker red was more motion oh no and so you see like <clears> all <throat> of the mountain states montana wyoming
0: where they're Kansas, where they're Alaska. very separate like where everything's spread out
1: yeah and i'm wondering if that's because it takes them an hour to go to the grocery store
0: yeah that's like I exactly what it was thinking.
1: But, then, you know, but then there's the ribbon across the the south also completely red Uh, you know the great lakes and northeast and the west coast we're kicking it we're kicking butt (laughs) like it's completely blank so there is no you know we're we're, we are locked down and and we're taking it seriously but I, i i just look at that that kind of map and i'm like uh this is this is uh Trump saying it's a hoax. Yeah. Uh, well,
2: it, 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 and it's what I, I find really bewildering. Um, and obviously, Matt and I are both Canadians, and uh, you know, I visited the states a fair amount, but I've never lived there, so I, I can only really interpret uh, y'all's politics through the lens of my own. But I, I was thinking yesterday, what a, a wild world it is that something like this has become politicized there, where whether you take the appropriate measures and you know don't die. <clears throat> really, on some level, comes down to where your politics lie and that there are a lot of people on your end of the the right that are going, nah, this is all bullshit. I'm going to keep hanging out and mega, I'm going to have my barbecue and then Um, they die two weeks later.
0: And I realize that's a problem, but also let them get it and die. Like, if you're going to, if you're (laughs) A, going to encourage other people to do things that are dangerous and do things that are dangerous than yourself, like, get it then go my out fear, and get infected
2: my worry about all of that is that were they an isolated community frankly i'd kind of be on bar yeah, board with that or but they're, they're going to be interacting with people that yeah. are, you know they're going to be interacting frankly like people like him they're you know they're going to yeah. go and buy groceries and if they get the fucking virus and are spreading it then people that don't are they're fucking idiots are gonna get it well that's it. i mean it's, that's the it's other like side like of with, that um, coin
0: yeah
2: it's like within south korea they could link something like 5,800 cases to one person yeah. who just had to go to church because yeah. she's part of some fundamentalist Christian cult, and it's like, I mean, that—that's what I keep coming back to—is like they were doing a really good job of it up until patient 31, and she went and infected a bunch of people at her church, and then they all went out and infected a bunch of people, and yeah. like a couple, a couple hundred people died because of that. And so, if it was just them, yeah, sure, whatever. But it's not, but that, never But that, that—that's it's never just going to be them, and you yeah. know. I, I don't I don't want some innocent person to... Like, that's my thing, is that totally. I, I'm probably slightly higher risk because I've had this dry cough for like a year and a half and I have um, congenital sinus issues and stuff. But odds are pretty good. If I got this thing, I'm probably not going to die. I might have a really nasty cold for a couple of weeks, but that's yeah. most likely the worst case scenario. I'm admitting, like, that's not 100%. I could die if I get this, which is part of why I'm trying to be careful. But ultimately, my greater concern is I don't want to spread this around when I go out in public exactly. if I do get it. Because the odds are pretty good. I'll be okay. I'll probably come out the other end of this and you know the worst case scenario, the the most realistic worst case scenario is that I have yet another bad cold and because of where I was working the last year, I've had like five of those in the last 12 months. so it'd suck, but it wouldn't be the end of the world. Yeah. but you know um, even though I'm pretty careful and I'm, I'm germophobic to begin with, so my, my default state is what everybody is doing now. Um, you know I, I, I could get somebody who's got more serious immunocompromised uh, issues sick or get somebody sick with asthma yeah, or whatever. Exactly. And, and these motherfuckers are the ones that really drive me up the fucking wall because it's not them. They might survive or they might not. Whatever, but it's the people the, they're they, going to interact with.
1: The interesting thing that I've noticed with some, so there are some some uh, Trump supporters at my workplace. I mean, there, it, it's, they must it's just exist. That kind, of yeah. And they and, and they tend to be older people. But the interesting thing that I see is, you know, if there's like in the break room, if there's a, a you know, uh, Trump is, is talking and they're listening to th- the things he's saying and people around are groaning and just like, you know, you can see the, them struggling. There's tears in their eyes just above their face mask where they're trying to, to, to match their, their loyalty, which is tied to their identity. Yeah. <laughs> that belief is in them. But now it's threatening their life. Well, and that's Anyone. his
0: biggest problem in my mind is that this this affects everybody. Like, and so much of his base is "quote unquote" uninformed, older, rural voters, and they will be affected. Like, everyone will be affected by this. Like, they will know that he fucking lied to them, right? At least that's kind of the. And hope, yet, right? his but
1: approval rating has it. gone up. Well, they, but well, they can't admit it. They yeah. cannot admit it because hmm. it is so tied to their identity and fighting the, 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 the evil liberals or whatever. You Own know? the so lips. It's, yeah. So
2: What's funny thing is that it's become almost like, and people have been saying this for a while, but it genuinely, looking from the outside, has become culty. Because, again, like his, his approval rating has gone up, and all you have to do is watch the press conferences from two weeks ago and go,
1: oh, he's a lying sack of yeah, shit. Why is the my MyPillow guy here? Doing. It, has <laughs> nothing to do with, it has nothing to do with the content entirely like i said it's about identity yeah. it's about he could he could say anything he wants he could say it, it's just about making sure that they beat the other guys
0: yeah, yeah. i it's, mean it's they, the they're sports burning
1: down they're burning down the house yeah. and they're watching it burn and it's okay because they're taking us out with
0: it because so many of them treated the politics like sports for so long that now we treat elections like a fucking world championship and like no no we like we regardless of who wins like we all have to deal with this yeah um
1: and now we're a virus a pandemic (laughs) yeah yeah, exactly well and and again as as an outsider
2: to the like as not americans what i find so frustrating is looking at especially other parts of the commonwealth new zealand has just fucking crushed this yeah, because they they were on they responded appropriately. Everybody did what they should, and Canada has been doing on the whole pretty, pretty well. Okay,
0: but, but still,
2: hmm. no no offense, Cam, but like my greater fear is that we share a big fucking largely undefended border with you guys, and our economy is really tightly tied to America's. That was and my favorite thing. We're, we're, we're going to send. Government's
0: not doing a good job. We're going to send American troops to the border to stop Canadians from crossing and spreading the virus, and be like, "Motherfucker, you'd be better off up here." Yeah. <laughs> Um, we all got yeah. healthcare and like employment. <laughs> you go ahead. I'm going to stay here. Thanks. Um, <laughs> the one thing I, I do like to end on just like, that, that's a lot of heavy stuff and I appreciate you sitting down with us, man. Thank you so much for doing this. Um, yeah. But the way I like to end <laughs> is I, I, I'm trying not to use the word silver lining or like talk about this as like, Oh, what's, what's this done? That's good for you. But I I, I do want to be able to, to move <laughs> forward into a bet it to choose the option of the better world. So my my final question is always what's something you're doing now because of this that you weren't before that you would like to continue after?
1: Oh oh that's hard. Um so like like I I have hypertension. So like my blood pressure is is high and and I've noticed that you know if I have a few more drinks in the evening, and then like have my blood blood pressure taken. Uh, the doctor says, "Why aren't you dead?" So
0: <laughs> that's a hell of a thing to hear from a doctor.
1: <laughs> they just look at it and they're like, "Maybe we need a different cuff. Maybe you're, you know." And, and it's just hot. so. And and there have been times when I've kind of laid off for a while, okay. and my blood pressure. A lot better. Yeah. So I I know that that my bad behavior with alcohol um, does make my blood pressure rise. Mm. So I have uh, I've definitely slowed down, and I'm I may just completely take off for a, for mm. a period of time because I mean that's what's gonna get me. If there's anything mm. yeah. that's gonna get me this, that's where it is. I mean I'm not. I'm I'm not quite over fifty. I'm like right at the door, but you know, with with that, that that may be a, a deciding factor. And with, with as much contact as I have with people on a daily basis, yeah. who I don't know, I you know, I I need to I need I just feel like I need to protect it myself. Now I don't know. I mean, I like uh, cocktails. I like different beers. I like, you know. I like all of that. I enjoy just sitting down and, and you know, having a few beers and I don't know if that's going to stop because I do enjoy it. Yeah. But, um, it's one of those things that I'm acutely aware of now. And maybe that'll, that'll kind of massage my behavior in the future. I've also started working out a little bit. So
0: yeah, buddy. Oh, good. Um,
2: yeah. My dad is actually kind of in the same boat. Uh, he's turning 71 in January. I guess I should say he just turned 70 in January, um, but he's he and my stepmom are probably in the best shape that uh, he's been in his life. He's uh, borderline developing a six-pack in his 70s because they've been really careful about like uh, you know what they're eating and, and tracking calories. And uh, they like I come by my boozing honestly because both sides of my family tend to be fairly fairly heavy drinkers, and my dad and and I that's been a thing that we've always bonded over is that we're both pretty big drinkers. I mean, Matt's gotten drunk with me and my dad before. Uh, it's
0: a bad and, idea. Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, not always, but sometimes. Um, but it's one of those things where uh, they used to split a bottle of wine a night, and that's not a lot, but you know, that was their, their pretty standard. Sometimes they'd have a little more than that. And they're pretty much only drinking like on weekends, if that, uh, at least prior to the pandemic. I imagine they're probably drinking a little more than that now, yeah. although I haven't specifically asked them about it. Um, but it was the same thing where, where he found that uh, you know, it was it was a, a big source of unnecessary calories, which was their their initial primary motivator, but also just that he generally kind of felt better. And uh uh certainly he's been urging me to drink less during this because it um suppresses the immune system a bit, although I, along with tens of millions of other North Americans, have certainly not been cutting back on their consumption yep. in the last few weeks. <laughs>
0: uh, Everybody please buy I beer. I want a job when this is over.
2: I don't particularly intend to particularly cut back either because, hmm. well, it's a pandemic and I'm locked at home. So, well,
0: and I've like, uh, so I've been seeing a doctor. Like, that's how I know I'm getting old is like, people are like, how's living in Calgary now? I'm like, well, I have a doctor that I love. Um, <laughs> Can you recommend somebody? I don't yet. Oh yeah, no, I, I got you. Um, okay. But she's uh, she's got me on a few things, blood pressure medication being one of them, but yeah. also some like some, some brain pills and the brain pills are helping, but it also means I have to cut back on how much weed I smoke, which used to be a lot. Um, so the added bonus is I kind of feel better, the brain pills are helping and I'm not self-medicating anymore, but when I do decide to smoke a little weed, oh boy, oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> It's way better. So, um, Cameron, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, yeah, where can people find you? Uh, where can people find your podcast? Where can people find you?
1: Um, okay. So you can find, uh, our group at blackliverproject.com. liver com. Mm-hmm. Uh, Theoretically, so that...
2: I, I, I contribute there or have the ability to, though. I don't think I have yet.
1: No, 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 you have no, you
2: might find <laughs> me there someday.
0: You dick.
1: Yeah. You're welcome. But, uh, uh, but you, you can also find us on Twitter, of course. Uh, I do a lot more on Twitter. We <laughs> Instagram, Instagram account, but it also kind of just follows what, what I do on Twitter. Yeah. I, I don't have time to take pictures. I'm just not mm-hmm. a picture person. And then, uh, uh, but if you want to listen to the podcast, it's a cocktail history podcast. Uh, cocktails, or history through cocktails, not just history of cocktails. Um, and that is... Monster in a glass.
0: If Ken Burns was a drunk and he wanted to make a podcast about booze, it's what you guys are doing.
1: Yes, yes. It it usually uh, condensed into only one and a half or two hours. Yeah,
0: because like I always find that Ken Burns documentaries are really about America, but through the lens of like jazz, baseball, the Civil War, whatever. What you guys do is is like it's about the history, but the cocktail is a nice like addendum to everything.
1: we jump off of a cocktail. We start with a cocktail, we jump off, um, we research the actual drink, but then there's all of this other history around it, and it takes us in strange places. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, we don't we don't choose the cocktail, we let it choose us because we just pick it from a book. It's the next one in the book. Because if we chose it, it would become very bland. Yeah, totally. It That's a good be, I didn't know that part. That's like a a good. Pick the so so when we let the cocktail tell us it takes us in strange places nice you know uh, secret nazi uh, uh, mercenary groups in the south pacific after world war 2 there uh, was a lot possibly- of the secret nazi groups yeah
0: i just listened to a podcast yeah. about how they tried to buy an a bunch of canadian neo nazis tried to buy an island <laughs> in the south pacific, like yeah. to like run their little their little operation um,
2: i Total side note, but there's a podcast that Matt and I are big fans of and are frequently referenced here called Behind the Bastards. And uh, the number of times that post-World War II neo-Nazis come up is –
0: It's not small.
2: Not not just post-World War II, but like within 10 to 15
1: years of World War II. Where
0: they're just like, maybe they weren't so bad. Um, If you want (laughs) to jump on with us
1: some good people
0: there <laughs> uh you can get at the podcast at drink this pod facebook twitter instagram you can write us an email drink this at gmail.com or visit our website drink we want to hear from you until i get tired or exhausted or whatever we're going every weekday so uh jump on with us if you're in a place you want to talk about what's going on with you what what's happening on the ground near you we want to hear from you reach out cam thanks again so much for joining us uh thank you guys yeah, man. i we have, really
2: we always appreciate having you on the show
0: yeah uh stay safe be well uh my best to you and yours and i have been at slingsbot
1: i'm at igor zarubo and cam i'm at black liver project with a k wash, <laughs>
0: wash your hands and we'll drink with you again soon This has been a production of Screaming and Studios.
1: Big ol' dicks.